Thanks, guys. So today we're going back into the emphasis on the blood. Uh, I'm going to talk about something today that is very critical because it is, it is critical to the fact that we don't understand how to live in biblical covenant anymore in the West. There's a difference between the biblical covenant and the social covenant, and I'm going to share that with you today. So if you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's word from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Bow your head. Father, we thank you today for all that you're doing. We pray that you'd open our eyes that we could see in our ears, that we could hear in our heart, that we could understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then as we see it and understand it, that we might apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Jesus, we ask you to speak today. We ask you to reveal to us through the Holy Spirit what we need to know, understand, do, and demonstrate. We'll receive it. We'll release it and reveal it to your people. And we will be uplifted, corrected, led, guided, transformed until we come into a deeper knowledge and understanding of how to walk with you. We give you praise and honor for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. You may be seated. When you look at this scripture, there is something that stands out about it. And it is that there is a blood that creates a covenant. And that blood covenant is a sanctified thing. It's a separated thing. But men have taken the blood covenant and made it unholy. We would have done well long ago to have understood what the blood covenant was, what the, prophet, the process of the blood meant. We would have done well to have understood that when God dealt with Israel through the blood, there was a reason for that. And in the book of Hebrews, the writer tells us that the motion of sanctification and grace all comes through the blood. Now, the blood covenant has a way that it works. The problem is we in the West don't understand blood covenant. We have determined not to understand the operation, and we have taken the covenant as was represented in biblical times, and turned it into a political covenant. We've turned it into a political covenant. Out of that covenant sprung two major tentacles that have destroyed the blood covenant. You say, what has the political covenant destroyed? It's destroyed the content of the blood covenant by telling you and the world the two major political, social, cultural engraftings that changed the entire West. 
Now you're sitting there saying to me, well, what would that be, Pastor? We have made into the political covenant. That political covenant, you know, is the one where we engraft into groups. And where we take ourselves and we, we put ourselves not based on personal and individual entrance into the blood, but into groups. We have names for those groups in our society. We have become a politically covenanted people. And in those political covenants, we covenant based on things such as social justice. We covenant based on things such as diversity, equity, and inclusion. We covenant based on identity, gender identity. We covenant based on political ideology that allows me to be in a group and accepted for who I am and for what I am and just the way I am. And I want to tell you something, that did not come from the political groups. Everything I've told you came directly out of the church. How did it come, Pastor, you say? How have we gone from blood covenant people to politically coveted people? How have we changed this blessing of God from an individual covenant to a covenant that brings into bear the groups and the masses? Have we brought everybody under one tent and one awning? Have we said to everybody, you're okay just like you are? Come as you are, live as you are, think as you are, act as you are. You're okay because God is fill in the blank. There you go. God is love. So we put a political tent together and we said that everybody is okay because God is love. But the writer of the book of Hebrews said that you have trodden underfoot the work of the Son of God and the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified. And you have called it an unholy thing and done despite to the spirit of grace. We don't understand covenant living because we have been raised under political living where everybody shelters themselves somewhere, and in that somewhere, they've tried to find common ground, what they can believe in, what they can agree upon, or if in that political covenant they could agree to disagree and get along okay. And where did that come from? The church. All of it came right out of the, the, the church. Watch what we've done. We have said God is love and he loves you too much to send you to hell. Live like you want to. Identify as what you want to be. Hug a tree if that's what makes you happy because God loves you. Don't worry about it. It's called a political covenant. Now that doesn't sound too good, does it? Then we've said there's another means that we politically covenanted. We've said that grace covers everything, and once you're saved, you're always saved. Don't worry about it. Your lifestyle doesn't have to change. Everything is okay because we are politically married in the church world, the love of God and grace. We politically married that. We never understood what the blood covenant meant, what it did, 
what it was in effect to accomplish. And so we fell under a political covenant that said, wherever you are, come as you are, live as you are, look as you are, think as you are, act as you are, because these two political covenants will cover you. Grace and love. What a sad state of affairs we put ourselves in. Now we can't understand why the political world is turning on us. We can't understand why the Christian is the hated one. Why we are so bad and all of the other religions are okay. Well, it's simple. They all operate under a political covenant. You don't operate under that covenant. You are trying to. You have been taught to. But if you truly have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, you do not operate under a political covenant. You do not operate under a political agreement. You do not look around and say to everybody, Oh, God loves you just like you are. What are you saying to them? You have done despite to the Spirit of grace. You have been despiteful to the thing that Jesus Christ went through the death and shed his blood and in the tabernacle where he served to offer his own blood and you have done despite to the spirit of grace. Why is that, Pastor? Because we came up under a political covenant. It was as if we didn't know better. It was as if no one was preaching the truth. It was as if everybody was seeing this and saying, yes, the political covenant is better than the biblical covenant. And you know what, it, what the truth is? That's the truth. They've taught you that the political covenant of love and grace is better than the biblical covenant. Now, the reason they hate you as a Christian is because they would give anything if they could eliminate your biblical covenant relationship. They would give anything if there was no preacher that would stand in front of you and say, there is a biblical covenant that exceeds the political covenant covenant that was a better covenant that was created in the blood of Jesus Christ and you are not a political people you are a biblical blood covenant people if you ever came to that realization and understanding you would you would be able to recognize and manifest the things that God has prepared for you now how do I get into a biblical covenant now here's here is where all of the teaching of love and grace is going to absolutely have to stand down. Everything that you have learned concerning how much God loves you and how much grace assures you and secures you will have to stand down with my next two scriptures. They will stand down because they will be shown to be not the blood covenant, but the political covenant. Covenant. They will be shown to give you the concept that God is so big that regardless of who you are, because he's God, and Jesus' work is so great that because of who you are, 
Everything in your world is going to be okay. You don't have to live right. You don't have to serve God. You don't have to read the word. You don't have to pray. You don't even have to come to church. All you got to do is find your way where you can profess with your mouth and then somehow convince yourself that you believe and you'll be saved. But Paul said something about this you might want to know. Paul said something about this that just might possibly interest you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul said, I have not seen nor ever heard the things which God has prepared. For who? For those who love him. Love him. Love him. Now watch this. In any covenant, there is a lesser and there is a greater. In the political covenant, there is a party that is the greater. There are those that operate under the party as the lesser. We know that. We see that represented in our country day after day after day. One starts with a D and one starts with an R. And they create all of the political agenda that engrafts everybody that would fall under their camp and say, well, in this agenda, I'm okay. And that's why they go there. But Paul said there is something that is going to transcend the love of God. Because the love of God was put on display not in any other way than that he sent Jesus to die for the world. The love of God is on display in the cross. It is on display in the tomb, the resurrection, the tabernacle, him as Lord and him as man in the Godhead bodily. The love of God is on display. Grace is on display because in every one of those steps, grace is in proportion to the steps of what Jesus did. But the covenant, the blood covenant, that sanctifies, of which Jesus Christ went through, has something that does not include the love of God. What is that, Pastor? What is the overarching angle that brings man in to the blood covenant so that we do not do wrong by the Spirit of grace? What is it, Pastor? How do I get there? I'll go if you'll just tell me. I have not seen nor even heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Love him. Love him. The political covenant does not tell us that we need to love him. It tells us that he loves us. So there's a difference here somewhere. We missed it somewhere. Why? Because we won't include everybody. Why? Because we thought that's what Jesus did in John, John 3.16. We thought the love of God included everybody. There would be nobody left out. There are those that believe there is no hell and that everybody is going to go to heaven just like you are. How crazy can we be? Don't we read? I have not seen nor even heard. What is he talking about here? He's talking about the blood covenant. He's talking about how God is going to interact with you through the covenant. He's saying, I have not seen nor even heard the things which God has prepared for who? Those who love him. It went from the love of God 
and the blood was shed and Jesus walked through the blood to a position where your own position and encounter with God in love is the angle that brings you into the blood covenant. Not grace. Not grace. Grace is portioned to you as you go through the steps with Jesus. Grace is the thing that manifests what Jesus did in your life. You take it by faith and the Holy Ghost replicates it in your heart. How does it occur? Because you love Him. I have not seen now what is going to happen because of your love. Exactly what I just defined. From your love, the Spirit is going to reveal to you what God in the blood covenant has prepared to give to you and whereby every promise becomes yea and amen in Christ Jesus. See, we don't want to see that because we don't want to hear that our love must coincide and reconcile to what Jesus did in the blood. No, no, we want to live under a political covenant. We want someone to say, oh, you're okay. Everything is okay with you. We want the preacher to tell us you're okay. Grace has been given. God's love has been given for you. But we never read the book. Go to Romans 8, 28. What's it say? For all things work together for good to those who what? Love the Lord. And are the called according to his purpose. See the difference? That's a biblical covenant we're talking about. We're not talking about a political train. We're not talking about something that is all-inclusive. We're not talking about something that gives somebody something. Now someone said right there, Pastor, what about the favor of God? The favor of God falls upon a man who believes what does believing cause? Believing brings the love of God into your heart. Now, who are you replicating? For God is love. For I love him because he first loved me. Who am I replicating when I begin to act in love? Who am I replicating whenever I begin to get the things from heaven in the biblical covenant given to me through the blood in love? I'm replicating my father. Why? Because I've become a child of my father. I am not living in a way that is in direct opposition to him. The sin life, the political covenant tells you you can live in opposition if that's what you choose. As long as you say, I have a friend who told me he got saved when he was seven years old and he's lived like hell ever since. Oh, I'm saved, preacher. I'm saved. How do you know you got saved? Well, because I prayed and the preacher told me I was. Huh? What? The preacher told you you were. Did the preacher never told you that you had a responsibility now to love God and to turn from sin and bring your body under subjection so that you could serve him and become a witness of him? so that you could know him and be intimate with him. And the only way for you to do that is by loving him. Loving him will cause you to turn from sin. Loving him will cause you to walk away from all of those. Look at the, the scripture on love. Have you read it? 
1 Corinthians 14, all of the things that encompass love. They don't get puffed up. They don't get angry. They don't do all of those things that the natural man would do. Why? Why does love conquer everything? Why is love greater than tongues and knowledge? Why is love more? Because it is the baseline by which you encounter God. Tongues and prophecy and knowledge are not the baseline of which you encounter God. Love is the baseline of which you know God. Love is the baseline from which God operates in the covenant towards you. Your love, not his love. Isn't that something? All the while we thought, because John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that God did it all. That God sent Jesus and he did it all and you were absolved. You were taken out of the puzzle. You were never included in the puzzle. Nothing about you. But yet Paul continually talks about the election and the foreknowledge of God. And we cannot understand how we come under the election and the foreknowledge of God. Because we never realize that love on our part is the entrance into the blood covenant. We never see it. Therefore, as Westerners, we have gathered ourselves in tabernacles and preached the message of love and the message of grace until now the world has heard that message and they have flipped that message right on us. They flipped it. That's the message they're living under. Someone said, how could that be, Pastor? How could it not be? Show me where diversity, inclusion, and equity Show me where social justice is not a message that says you're under a political covenant with us. Show me where that's not giving them the angle that says God loves you. Grace is all you'll ever need. The political covenant, my friend, is what has destroyed this country. Now, I've been praying about this this week, and I've wondered, God... When this country was created, you were in it. All of you was in it. This has been the Christian bastion for the entire world. How did we lose sight of a blood covenant? How did we lose sight of that? How do we ever come to the moment where we would look at the scripture and never understand the implications of a blood covenant? Let me tell you what that means. That means that there is a greater one. There is a greater one. The greater one, of course, is Jesus Christ. He has gone through the blood. We followed him all the way through the tabernacle. We've come to the point to know who our greater one is. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is no question about that. Our greater one is you, but we never did understand who the lesser one was. Why? Because we gathered up in groups. The group got so big, who, who in the group is the lesser one? We all agree. We all think the same way. We all covenant together to say that this is right. And if you don't believe what we believe, then you're wrong. That's the woke world today, isn't it? How did that happen? How did that come to be? Because we never understood the blood was the entry point into the covenant. We never understood that you as a believer, an individual believer, 
are the lesser one in the covenant. You never understood that your love towards the greater one is the mechanism that sets the covenant in order. Never understood that. Why? No one ever told you. No one ever told you that it was required of you to love God. Paul did. I've quoted you two verses today. I looked up yesterday and over 42 times in the New Testament alone, your love is the significant factor of the gospel and message of Jesus Christ. But no one ever tells you that you are the lesser. As the lesser, you have but one thing to do. One. It all stems around one verse, Romans 10 and 10. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does that entail? What does it involve? Paul told us it involves, your belief system involves and interacts with your ability to love God and be thankful to God and to love Jesus Christ for what he has accomplished on your behalf. So the blood covenant, where you are the lesser and he is the greater, has a means of entry. It is called the blood. Then it has a place where you must, as the believer, expose the blood covenant by loving Jesus Christ. What do you do when you love? Well, the scripture calls that word agape. The agape love of God means that you prefer him. Now think on what I'm saying. Think, think about it now. Listen carefully. The agape love for God means that you prefer him. The political tent tells you you're okay. The political covenant tells you it's all love and grace on his part. But the true blood covenant tells you that the agape love of which you have that brings the things that I have not seen nor ear hath heard nor the things which God has prepared for those who love him, that agape love or the thing that causes all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose, that love means that you prefer him over you. You see him as the greater. It means that you love him to the extent that you seek his will. It means that his choices exceed your choices. Does any of that sound like free love and grace? Live like you want to, it's okay, God loves you. Live like you want to. The grace of God covers everything. Once you've been saved, you're always saved. Do you know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says that whenever you live like that, you crucify Christ afresh. When you live like that, you are crucifying Him afresh. Why? Because the blood covenant was never meant to be operational or functional from that vein. It was meant for you as the lesser to choose him over you, his will over your way, his choices over your choices, and you to pursue him with every ounce of your heart. Ah, pastor, you're kidding, I ain't. It would be easier if I were. 
Because I could look at you and tell you I don't know you from Adam's house cat. But bless God, if you say I love Jesus and I believe in Jesus, regardless of where you go, do live, operate. Regardless of how you think. Regardless of the sin that what dwells in your life. Oh, you're okay. Don't worry about it. My name would then start with a J and end with an O, wouldn't it? Start with a J. My second name would begin with an O. But it doesn't. Because the truth of the matter is, my friend, there is a responsibility in this blood covenant. And you are the lesser. In your responsibility, you have but one thing that brings you into the blood covenant. I love him. Therefore, I pursue him. Therefore, I long for him. Therefore, I choose him. Therefore, I prefer him. What do I prefer him over sin? I prefer him over my own wants. I prefer him over my own will. I prefer him over my own choices. I prefer him over the things that would satisfy my lust, my pride. I prefer him over all of that. I live. I love. Because I am in a covenant with the greater. Now, what happens when the lesser? in a blood covenant, does not maintain his position in the covenant. Here's what a covenant means. Covenant means that when we walk through the blood together, it means that if either one of us coming through the blood does not fulfill our role in the covenant, when we get to the end of the road, there's where we started, Here's where we've come. We are in agreement. We look back on what we have agreed upon and say, by the covering of blood, what happened to those animals will happen to me if I break this covenant. What has happened to those animals will happen to me if I break this covenant. Someone said, yeah, but Pastor Jesus went to the cross. Yes, he did. And you are crucifying him afresh. Don't you see the scripture? What is happening in our world because we do not understand blood covenant is we are operating in despite of the spirit of grace and the holy thing, the blood, that Jesus has sanctified you with and we are continually going back to be crucified over and over and over again. And my friend, that cannot be the design mechanism of God. Our sin must be laid aside. Because if we continue willfully pursuing sin and our will goes in the direction of sin, then our love, our agape, has never been enacted. You want to know whether someone is saved or not? You want to know whether they've come to the cross and walked through all of the positions? You can, you can tell. How do you tell? Are they living in light of their love for God? It's very simple. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Are they living in light of their love for, God, for Jesus? How do I know, Pastor? Because I'm no longer pursuing me. I'm no longer pursuing the things I prefer. I'm no longer looking for the things that make me 
puff up. I'm no longer pursuing the things that are about me. I'm laying them aside. Why? Because when I got to the end of the sacrifice and I looked back at it and I said, that's me if I go back to sin. That's who I am. I'm a dead man in Christ Jesus. But the Word of God says that you are alive by the Spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you have come into a covenant through the blood and been sanctified and called brethren. And he is not ashamed to do that. Why? Because you love him. Because you love him. Now the question is this. Do you love him? Are you living in love with him? Are your, does your life reflect love? Or is there a place in your heart that you just will not go? Is there a place in your heart that you refuse to look into because you know that when you look into it, the old man remains? The old nature remains. The old way remains. The old things are still covered up in there. Oh, you may have them covered up. You may have them covered. But I won't tell you about the blood. Anybody that is telling you that the blood covers is not telling you the truth. The blood is not from Jesus' veins a covering blood. To Israel it was. But from Jesus' veins, it is a cleansing, purging, and refining blood. This blood covenant changes, cleanses you, washes you white as snow. Why? Because on this side, you would never want to go back to be the one sacrificed. But yet we teach in our modern Western world this political covenant, and we crucify Christ over and over and over again. How do we do it? Because we teach a lie. We don't understand the blood covenant. And as we don't understand the blood covenant, here's what we don't understand. You're the lesser. He is the greater. What he has done will never change. He is not a God that he can lie. He is not a man that he can lie. He never changes. He's just the same. What Jesus Christ did will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never change. The covenant that was laid will never change. But we have made it unholy. Because we have never lived in the conditions of the blood covenant. The blood covenant requires you. And it requires you to love him. It does not require a denomination. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of God, Assembly of God, IPH, it doesn't require that. The blood covenant is an individual thing. The political covenant is a tent covenant. The blood covenant requires you to walk through the blood with Jesus Christ and then to love him, to love him. And lay down everything in your life for him. Now we understand why Jesus said, pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. Leave all that other stuff behind. Pick up your cross. Follow me.
You, 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 me. Follow him. Walk in the blood covenant. Prefer him. Love him. Seek his will. Seek the perfect way of God. Seek out the choices that God has, not your choices, not your ideas, not what you want. Because love doesn't operate that way. But when that perfect love comes, everything else will be put aside. Now I have to tell you because the Spirit of God is telling me this. We have preached love from 1 Corinthians 14 as a marital situation. It is not. We have preached the love chapter and said it uh, uh, eliminates the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It does not. The love chapter is a chapter that has to do with the blood covenant. That's the love of the love of 1 Corinthians 14. That is where the love is coming from. Where everything else is put aside. Bow your head and close your eyes. Now we understand what we did not understand. We understand how the world has proselytized grace and love and put it into a covering that has led us away and caused us to walk upon the sanctified thing and make it unholy and done despite to the spirit of grace. Now we see. What do we do now, pastor? What do we do now? We make a determination in our heart. Do I love you? Do I love Jesus Christ? Am I willing to surrender my way, my thoughts, my choices, and my will to the blood covenant for which he has prepared for me and walk through that blood covenant, me and him only, not me in a denomination, my, not me in a biblical theory, not me in a biblical doctrine, but me and him only through the blood with me exposing the fact that I am in agreement with what the blood has done and I love you. I love you to the extent that I am willing to be the lesser and you be the greater and you live in me and you work through me and you pour through me and you minister through me and I will serve you. And then I will be a witness unto you everywhere I go. Do I love you enough for that? That's the question. Now, as I said this morning to somebody, and I might have said it to you all, I don't know your heart. I don't know your heart. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know how you're feeling about God or your relationship with Him. And frankly, that is not my responsibility, but my responsibility is to tell you how to get your heart in position to have the new covenant and the blood covenant functioning in your life to such an extent that I have not seen nor ear hath heard the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But 
It has been revealed to you. It is being revealed in your spirit man. By him that is searching the very heart of God on your behalf. Where is your love? What are you doing in love? What are you walking in in love? What are you doing? Where are you at in your love life? Because only in your love life that is appropriate with this blood covenant can the word of God come to fruition in your life that all things are working together for good. Why? Because the greater one is there. As long as the greater one is there, my friend, in the blood with you, as long as his feet have touched the blood with you, as long as he has ministered in the blood with you and for you, you can guarantee that the blood covenant of blessing is open and available to you and that every promise is being administered. Why? Because you as the lesser have put your love upon him. Now pray, Father, forgive me if I've not loved you correctly. Forgive me if I've harbored sin when I shouldn't have. Forgive me if I've not preferred you over myself. Forgive me if I've not sought your will. Forgive me if I've not made choices based on Scripture and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Forgive me. For Father, today, I place my love upon you. Every bit of it, every ounce of it. Every, my agape love is placed upon you. I will not place it anywhere else. For now I realize that this blood covenant is between me and you. Only me and you. It's me and you. You died for me. The blood was shed for me. God exposed, you exposed love to us. But now we must bring our love to you. So Father, it is with humble heart that I say, if there's anything in me, forgive me. And bring love out of me. Bring love out of me. Bring love out of me. May I love you. May I love you. May I call on you out of love. And may the love bring from me the purity and the holiness of which this covenant has sanctified me. I love you, Jesus. Be in me the greater. I sacrifice myself to be the lesser. If you do it, stand to your feet and raise your hand and say, Lord, I love you. I am the lesser. I recognize that today. I see it today. I understand it today. This is me and you. And I love you. And I bow my heart before you. Now that it's me and you in the blood, for the first time, I can say, Lord, you're my Lord. For the first time I could come into this covenant and know that every knee has bowed and every tongue has confessed that you are the exalted Lord of glory.
for the first time. Why? Because my love is right today, God. I got love in my heart for you today, God. I got love in my mind, love in my mouth. For the first time, your Lord. Oh, God. Your Lord. Your Lord. I receive it today. And I take it. And I give you back what you require of me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I will serve you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. For those of you on YouTube, Lifting High Radio, Mike Springston Podcast, the covenant is the point where the blood brings you through your love in the relationship with Jesus Christ in such a deep way. It belongs to you. Father, I pray that you will minister to every listener today, that you will cause us to understand that this covenant is between them alone and you alone. It's a one-on-one deal. Minister in their hearts and save those that are lost. Bring the covenant to fruition and heal those that enter that covenant today through love. Minister by your power. We give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Wednesday night we'll be back here with Bible study. Next Sunday, David will be preaching. Pray this week for the church. May God bless you as you go your way. May His hands cover you. May He keep you always near His breast. In Jesus' name, amen. Six o'clock tonight, we'll have the the Facebook program. May God bless you.